Hey there, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today we're talking one of my favorite subjects, persuasive writing. That's right. Today we are talking to Dr. Marissa Schwartz, and she's the owner of Dr. Rissy's Writing. And that is a marketing and writing company. It's ranked as one of the top, actually the top social media expert in New York by Thumbtack and by GenZPublishing.org. Marissa has focused on, well, she's produced, her company's produced six Amazon bestsellers. She holds a doctorate in literature from Drew University and has a master's in communication. Uh, she's been featured on Forbes, MTV, broke a Guinness World Record for creating the world's longest chain of bracelets. Well, there's that. And she's a best-selling author. She speaks professionally about inspiring others through words and entrepreneurship. She was named Voice of Gen Z by Community Magazine. She seeks to inspire others through words and a positive attitude. And you can learn more about her specifically at marissaschwartz.com. That's M-O-R-I-S-S-A-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. But we're going to talk about Dr. Rissy's writing today. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Marissa Schwartz to the Inside BS Show. All right. Rissy, welcome. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. So... You could be doing anything right now. You could be writing any type of content anywhere. Why persuasive writing? Um, I, I well, that's a great question. I'm, I mean, I've always enjoyed that kind of writing. I think that uh, allowing somebody else to see another side. Um, you know, I'm reading a book right now about empathy. That empathy is the key to kindness. Um, and if you can master empathy, you can better persuade people or better be persuaded. I think that's another thing with social media, you know, today, we have these echo chambers that's very well spoken about. Um, and, and it's very difficult to persuade people to see your side. Um, but through empathy and uh, persuasive writing, uh, that's, you know, one way that you can begin to do that. Okay. One of the things that I stress to my clients that most don't get is that if you can communicate in writing, your thoughts will be clearer and you can do better videos like this. You can do better audio podcasts. You can teach better, help people understand the value of being able to express yourself and being able to persuade with the written word and how that translates into other things. Yeah. Um, well, I, I agree. I personally, I find the written word to be the, you're able to actually think and edit and, and make changes to it. Um, whereas if you're talking, you know, this is it, it's, it's my thoughts coming out. Um, but with writing, you know, you have that whole process, uh, where you can refine it and you can do research and interview people and look at their sides to form a more well-rounded argument. Uh, so, you know, writing is just a classic form and it's not going anywhere. I know there was a fear for a while. Oh, emojis are taking over. People aren't going to write anymore. I think that that fear, I haven't heard that talked about in a while. I think people are recognizing the value of writing for what it is. Um, and that it does, it has those, those powers for, because you're able to think on it longer and, and do more research. So, 
Yeah. Now, I, having having been to your website, uh, so it's uh, Doc Riss, Dr. Rissy's writing, D-R-R-I-S-S-Y, uh, S, no, R-I-S-S-Y writing with the word writing after it. It's Dr. Rissy's writing, D-R-R-I-S-S-Y-S-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com. We'll put it all in the show notes for you. Don't mind my bad eyes. I need new glasses. It's been a long pandemic. So on your website you you really this is this is like one of my favorite websites of all time because it talks about everything that i teach my clients to uh use as far as marketing tools what inspired you to create services for people that that's kind of right in the sweet spot of of exactly what they need to be doing today to enhance their their online marketing. I mean, you're essentially providing them with a whole toolkit here. How did you get the idea for creating these services? Did people come to you and say, I need to do a funnel and I don't know how? I mean, what inspired you to get started? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I started out as a freelance writer and editor in high school and it snowballed from somebody just asking me to edit a book to, you know, hey, you know what, your writing was really good. Uh, you know, your editing was really good. Can you write this? Your writing was really good. Can you write a social media post for me? Hey, if you can do social media, can you do SEO? And I learned about all the services that they needed and I'm only one person. So I obviously can't provide all of those services, but I, at the time was going to school with people who did have those expertise, uh, you know, areas of expertise, uh, you know, like graphic design. That's kind of the opposite spectrum from writing, you know, uh, but I met a, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a graphic design artist and boom, she's on my team. So what I started doing was hearing their needs and building up a team of experts and professionals who could provide those services. And it was never planned. In fact, when I was in school, because, you know, they tell you, oh, you need a job. I, I started thinking about, oh, should I get a nine to five? Not realizing, oh my gosh, yeah, this, this business <laughs> can work out. It's, it's growing and it's still growing. So yeah, that's terrific. Now, tell tell everybody about your clients, who they are, what types of jobs they have, what types of businesses they have. Who's the best client for you right yeah, now? Yeah, um, we have pivoted a bit with COVID. Uh, prior to COVID, I mean, we, we've worked with pretty much everybody. Our biggest clients uh, are HP and Microsoft. If you, if you read any of uh, Microsoft's tweets about their um, uh, IoT, we wrote them. Um, for HP, we wrote a lot of their guidebooks and, and white papers. Uh, so we, but we've worked with clients that big, but we've also worked with like a company where all they do is produce fancy napkins. So like we've worked with big and small, um, but then COVID hit and a lot of our clients, they just, they couldn't do it anymore. They, they had to, you know, they were shut down. Uh, so then we pivoted and um, had more of a focus on the medical community. So chiropractors, natural healing practitioners who are kind of on their own. They have to get their own clients in where they're not, you know, in a hospital. Um, so we've been working with a lot of natural healing practitioners, marketing them, uh, doing, you know, great work for them, getting more people to buy their supplements and more people into their uh, practices. Uh, but we still, we work, you know, now that COVID is, is winding down, we are working with a lot of small businesses. Uh, you know, I grew up with my parents' mom and pop carpet shop, so small business is always in my heart and I love working with small businesses. Um, so my ideal client is really, I guess, a business owner, uh, large or small. Uh, and it's the same thing, you know, chiropractors, natural healing practitioners, they are essentially entrepreneurs. So my ideal client is an entrepreneur who wants to grow their business. Okay, 
and let's talk about the the process of working with you to do ongoing communication one of the things i bang away at my clients on if you you know we we talk about i have this rainmaker uh revenue roadmap right let's just call it the revenue roadmap for short and the middle of the revenue roadmap is after you've identified and gotten the interest of people who are prospects who are just not ready to buy yet my focus is ongoing communication, minimum, you know, monthly, but preferred weekly communication to stay in touch mm -hmm. with them. What's your process if somebody comes to you and says, all right, you know, uh, I want to have weekly communication with my with my prospective clients. I want to educate and inform one out of every five emails will sell them something. But the other four are just going to be educational emails. How do you help people with that specific service? Yeah, uh, well, we do a 360 approach. So we would absolutely do the emails. We would also do social media for them. So, you know, if your clients aren't seeing you, it's out of sight, out of mind. So posting regularly on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And a lot of people have counted Twitter out. They don't think that Twitter, you know, they just think, oh, that's where people go argue. But it is one of the most powerful SEO tools where uh, because it updates so frequently, uh, Google loves it. So if you Google pretty much anybody, one of the very first things that's going to come up is Twitter because of how Google favors it, because of how much it updates. So um, I always recommend uh, Twitter as well as the other social media platforms. I also love TikTok. Um, TikTok is just, it's so personal. You're actually seeing the person. And because TikTok is a baby, it's not saturated with ads and algorithms that aren't fair. It's, it's very fair. It, it shows your videos to as many people as will watch it. Um, so I think that if you're consistently looking to communicate with the same clients every week, your best bets are a Facebook group, not just a Facebook page, because they're not going to show it with a Facebook page. I actually do this with my company, kind of what you're talking about, where we have a group and any prospective clients who didn't sign on the dotted line just yet, they're like, oh, you know, I need to put a budget together or, oh, it's just not the right time. We say, okay, join our Facebook group and we're going to give a bunch of marketing tips. And every day we give different marketing tips and they're very engaged in that group. So um, something like that is really helpful for continuous engagement. Same thing with Twitter. You know, if they're seeing you tweet every day and they're on Twitter, you're going to have a good relationship. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, same thing. So I, I think utilizing social media with emails is a, a great tool for, for uh, continuously communicating with potential clients. So you will, you'll not only create the content, but you'll also manage their social media as yeah, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, you know, it started out with just writing and then I hired the graphic designer and now we do, we manage social media. We also do ads. If somebody, you know, if they're like, you know, my Facebook stinks, I'm posting all this great stuff, but nobody's looking at my post. We're like, well, yeah, Facebook is very pay to play. Let's run some ads. Um, so we do ads. We also do PR. Uh, you know, we've gotten our clients featured in a lot of really cool places. Yeah. All right, talk talk a little bit about the um, the requirement for people when it comes to social media. How often, like, let's go through each social media uh, type. How often should they should people be posting on each social media venue? Let's start with LinkedIn. 
how much you know how much content needs to go up on linkedin every day yeah i mean it does depend a little bit on your on your goals and things that you have to think linkedin just like facebook are only showing well if it's your personal profile you're only showing your posts to about 10% of your audience unless it does really really well then they're going to show it to more but figure about 10% um, so, you know, a lot of people get, they get fearful, like, oh my gosh, am I going to post too much? And then people are going to get tired of me. No, because they're not seeing every single one of your posts. So, uh, if you're very ambitious, uh, on LinkedIn post one to two times a day, if you're just starting out or you don't want to post that much, I would say minimum is three times a week, um, to get the maximum amount of engagement. Okay. Now let's talk about Facebook. So I love the Facebook group concept. If we, if we want to drive people to Facebook groups and then once we get them in groups, how much content do we need getting them in, in a group? How much content do we need to keep them engaged? How many times a day do we have to post? Should we be going live? How often should we be should we be doing those things? Yeah, um, to get them into the group, I mean, usually they're, they're leads that came to us. So that's how we get into the group. We already had like a conversation on the phone. So there's already some personalization there. Then in the group, we post, we personally post about one to two times a day, my team. Uh, and then we hope that, you know, the other people in the group are going to share their own tips and, and value and, and promote themselves on promotion day, things like that. Um, so sure. yeah, that, that works very, you know, just once or twice a day. And with groups though, you're not as much of a victim to the algorithm. They tend to favor groups, especially in the group tab. So we get seen by a lot more people in the groups. Okay. Um, now Twitter, you're, uh, you're, you like Twitter. You're, you're big on Twitter. Talk about Twitter. I mean, tweets, you gotta, I think you, you I would think you gotta, you know, you gotta tweet a lot and then you gotta have conversations with people, right? Talk about Twitter. How much, how much content do you put up on Twitter? Twitter every is five to 15 posts a day, which so many people are very intimidated by and I get it, but that can include retweets. So, you know, yesterday there, my most popular tweet yesterday was not one of my own. It was a tweet that I retweeted by cookie monster who said, don't be sad. Cookies are over. Be happy. Cookies happened. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's stuff like that, that makes Twitter fun. Like if I had to come up with 15 original tweets every day, I would be exhausted because there are so many other things to do. But, you know, if you do two to five original tweets a day and then just retweet 10 others, you're still having the engagement in there. Um, and I, you know, I have maybe three conversations going on at a time on Twitter uh, with people and it's it's not bad. It's totally manageable. I, I, I actually, um, it's probably maybe a half hour a day I spend on Twitter total. So it's not that bad. Okay, super. Now let's talk about email these days and uh email interactions deliverability is down what tell us tell us what's been successful for you and for your clients with email when it comes to just keeping in touch with people who are already engaged i'm not talking about cold emailing people but keeping in touch with people who already know you like you and trust you what type of content is successful in doing Yeah, that? so we have that, and I, I've seen several clients, you know, everybody's talking about email being so slow, and it is slower, and that's why I'm getting more into text messages, but we've signed quite a few clients who were like, oh yeah, I saw your email. Uh, we have different segmented lists. So for example, uh, I talked before about how we work with he uh, natural healing practitioners. We have a special list for our natural healing practitioners. And we specifically say, hey, we know that you're having this pain point. We know that, you know, sometimes Amazon and Google can be difficult on you with regulating, you know, they see a word like CBD and they're like, oh no, we don't wanna have an ad running for this person. So, um, you know, we in our email, we, we say, 
uh, we can help you uh, with that uh, specific problem because we know that's a problem that we're ha that they're having. So I think that by segmenting and coming up with a specific problem that they're having, ha having and addressing it in the email, um, that's that's huge. That does really well for us, uh, making it as personalized as possible. Also, silly things like making sure we don't have too many images in there that are going to get detected by spam bots. Uh, making sure that we're cleaning. Uh, our email list, uh, making sure that we have expressed permission from our email list to email them. Um, those are all things that we use to make sure that the people that we want to see our emails are seeing them and responding. Okay, super. Let's talk now about some of the elements of good persuasive writing. What is, you know, the number one thing you see that people should focus on when it comes to persuasive writing? Yeah, I think people tend to see things in black and white terms, um, and it's nothing is black and white, and just understanding that no matter how crazy some other side seems, there's has to be some kind of basis for it, and if you can find that gray area and better understand the other point of view, you can make your argument that much stronger. Um, so I always just, I, I and I'd like to remain as judge-free and impartial as possible while doing that um, because, you know, we, we can be so in our own little boxes and not realize that there is an, another side that there can be completely valid points to and uh, to kind of address those in our own arguments. When somebody feels heard and they know that you've heard them, they're more likely to respond. Okay, great. Now, I, I noticed on your website, and you, you alluded kind of to it with uh, some of the work you've done with HP, I noticed on your website that you do lead magnets, and you mentioned white papers for HP, so I'm assuming that that's what HP is using them for. Describe for people what a lead magnet is and why they're important. Yeah, so a lead magnet, I'm sure everybody's experienced this. You're on Facebook, you're scrolling, and you see an offer by an authority saying, hey, get my free ebook on how to get five clients tomorrow. That's the lead magnet. What they're doing there, they're yeah, they're giving you something for free, but they're getting something valuable in return. They're getting your email so that they can then do what we were just talking about and email you. And, and when they do have something to sell that isn't free, let's say they're selling coaching sessions, then they know you're already interested in doing whatever it was, you know, getting new clients. So then they know, okay, this is a person who's actively looking to get new clients. Maybe if they want this free thing, they'll trust me after reading it and then they'll actually pay me and work with me because now they trust me. Um, it's a great strategy and uh, yeah, it's basically so lead magnet is just that it could be a white paper, an ebook, a checklist, a, a video, you know, training. I've given out my course for free um, just because it gets people joining the group with free advice. Uh, just basically something for free or very uh, low risk uh, to get a client to uh, or a potential client to be in your pipeline so that you can work on uh, actually making that sale. That's terrific. That's that's really great. So let's do this. Let's um, let's talk about a specific topic and let's talk about how you would develop a, a lead magnet for that specific topic. So uh, right before I sp I'm speaking with you today, I was speaking with a realtor and uh, this this realtor does, uh, you know, sales of homes. They also do purchases of homes. Let's you and I together brainstorm a really good lead magnet uh, topic and talk about different types of potential lead magnets so that, you know, we can give people a good example. Yep. So 
Um, what would be a great lead magnet topic for uh, somebody who's a residential realtor, a real estate agent? Uh, well, I would probably focus on the area that they're selling in because I wouldn't think that they're um, national. So I would think maybe something like, um, they're, so you said they're buying and selling, right? They, they focus on buyers and sellers. They'd rather, of course, like all realtors, they'd rather get listings because it's easier than the, than the business comes to you. So let's take the Jersey Shore. They're, they're a realtor on the Jersey Shore, and they're focusing on selling a Jersey Shore house to rich okay. people. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what's, a, what's a great lead magnet for a, a realtor focused on selling Jersey Shore homes to rich people? I mean, there are a lot of different things that they could do. They could do a white paper maybe with five tips. So a white paper doesn't have to be that long. It could be five to ten pages. Uh, you know, something like uh, ten ways to find your dream home or, or something like that. And this is very basic and, and just... Um, literally writing about uh they could have personal stories they could have examples of homes vo photos of homes um you know and and tips for potential home buyers and, and sellers uh and just have that that white paper and then if somebody is like i just purchased my home three years ago if i would have seen a white paper come up on facebook because that's the other beautiful thing with facebook ads you can really target it so facebook knows okay she's searching for homes so when they put that into my lap like hey here are 10 tips for finding the perfect home on the jersey shore i'd be like oh my gosh they know me i need to read this because i want to find that perfect home maybe there are things that i don't know about um so they would put you know, kind of mm -hmm. those tips that people might not think about um I don't know because I'm not a realtor. So that's actually what we do when we write those um, white papers. We come up with the idea and then we talk to the client and, you know, we, we find out the things that we don't know. So we would say something like, hey, what are a few tips that you would give to potential home buyers? And they might say something like, oh, I'll make sure it doesn't have a basement. I don't know, whatever a realtor would say. Um, we make sure, sure. That, that our tips are accurate by doing that. Yeah. Okay, great. So you could you could put in there the five tips. You could also put in there maybe even a, a checklist at the end so that they could have it and they could take it with them. And, um, you know, you would close. I would imagine you finish it up with like the person's bio so they know who the person is and how to and how to connect with them. OK, great. Um, talk a little bit about infographics now. Uh, do you uh, do you find that infographics are more resonant with people? That people really like them a lot? Are they, are they still? They they were super popular like five years ago. Are they still as popular? Yeah, I personally like infographics. I don't see them nearly as much. I think video kind of took over for them. Uh, my graphics team does great infographics, but I would say you know we do a quarter of the infographics that we used to um i miss them <laughs> that's a good one i i like infographics but you don't see them very much i i think that video has definitely taken over that spot and it's that you know we've all seen it that kind of like animated video uh that's almost an infographic style i've even seen people video like videoize i don't know if that's a word but videoize infographics those are pretty neat yeah, yeah. No, I've seen I've seen that too, where it's like a voiceover of somebody who walking you through the yeah. graphic. So if you're if you're out there and you're so lazy, you don't even want to look at because you don't even have to really read an infographic. I'll read it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what is the what is the real uh, demand these days? when it comes to your services, because your services are, you, you provide all the services 
that help people connect with people they can do business with these days? What is in the in demand the most from you and your services? Um, you know, that's a good question. It's interesting because what we do, everything that we do is connected where, you know, when I say people, we do 360. Um, so that's social media, SEO, ads, and PR. And a lot of people say, oh my gosh, so many things. But they don't realize that they are connected. So when you have good social media, you have good SEO a lot. Of this. Like it's your social media is going to improve your SEO. When you have good PR, it's going to give you social media fodder. Uh, when you have mm -hmm. good ads, it's going to bring more people to your organic social media. So they all go hand in hand. Um, so most of our clients are actually getting a package of all of those things together. They want to improve their entire online presence. Uh, so that's, that's what, and you know, it's, it wasn't like that a few years ago, a few years ago, nobody was thinking about 360. They were just like, I need more Facebook likes. Well, they learned pretty quickly mm -hmm. that, you know, Facebook likes aren't everything. People aren't scrolling like they need, they need a full strategy uh, for all of those things to keep nurturing. Okay. Yeah. So somebody calls you, they reach out to you, they contact you, they go to your website. Do you first do like a, an overview, like a strategic review of their marketing plan? Tell me how. Yeah. So typically um, the the potential client I would have, an well, myself or uh, one of my team members would have an initial call with them, find out their needs. We would send them an onboarding sheet, just asking, you know, some of the more uh, basic but important questions. Most importantly, their login information so that we could go into their uh, social media that they already have, uh, do some of our own analytics and research. Um, that's when they feel comfortable. Sometimes you know, they'll, they'll uh, do a last pass kind of thing. Um, then we have a, a conversation with them with a few team members. Usually uh, we assign three to four people per account, one person for each of the four 360 areas. So one PR person, one social media, one SEO, one ads person. So they have we have a meeting with all those people and the client. We go over the things that we don't know. So, you know, let's say they're a realtor. Uh, we're going to ask them, hey, okay, so what are, you know, some, some things that people should know about uh, this area? Is it farming? Is it this? Is that we go through like all the very specific things that only they would know, um, figure all of that out uh, and create their, their plan. Uh, we call an EC, their editorial calendar, where we plan out all the posts for that month. Um, we plan out all of the blog articles where I'm a big believer in regular blog articles. We usually do one to three blog articles for our clients every week uh, for SEO purposes. Um, and then we also for PR, then we pitch uh, some of those articles as guest posts on other websites. Um, but yeah, so it's it, there's a lot of planning involved, but the onboarding process, that planning usually takes one to two weeks. Um, and then it's implementation. A lot of our clients, they are on deadlines. They have um, launches and, and things like that. So we are usually working on a deadline. So we try to keep that onboarding as quick as possible, one to two weeks, and then move into the actual implementation and uh, posting their, their uh, articles and their social media posts. Great. Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you, people want your services, how can they get in touch with you and how can they uh, take advantage of some of the some of the great services you described here? Today? Yeah, I mean, I am on every social media platform under my name, Marissa Schwartz and uh, Dr. Rissy. So it's it's two accounts, really. I have my Marissa Schwartz ones and my Dr. Rissy ones. Um, so you can find me anywhere there. You could also, as Dave said, uh, my website is drrissyswriting.com. Check that out. And uh, yeah, follow me on social. We'll, and we'll, we'll engage. 
All right. It was fantastic talking to Dr. Rissy, Dr. Marissa Schwartz. She helps you with content and she helps you with everything from end-to-end marketing, everything we advocate here on the Inside BS Show. So we're going to put all that information that she gave you, all of her social links and her website uh, in the show notes. I encourage you to go there. And her services are great because you can pick and choose one or two and see the quality of her work first and then go for the whole deal. Let her let her take over your marketing altogether. So, Marissa, thanks for joining us today. It was a real pleasure having you on Thank the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be right back here again tomorrow with another interview for you. If you want to get the Inside Business Secrets, if you want the, you know, that's the second time I've done that today. If you want the insider business secrets, if you want to cut through all the inside BS, join us back here again tomorrow. Until then, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.